0: Hi guys, and welcome to the Dead by Tomorrow podcast. My name is Daniel Winter, and my co-host is Andrew Monroe. In each episode, Andrew and I will explore topics that you should think about before you die. We encourage you to remember that some tomorrow will be your last, so each day could be your final chance to really live.
1: Hello, ladies and gentlemen. We are glad to have you back. And you know, for everybody that doesn't fall in the ladies and gentlemen category, we're glad to have you here. Werewolves, vampires, all that kind of jazz. It's Halloween. Today, while we're recording this. So, you know, whatever you fall under, welcome to the party. Today's episode is going to be four letter words. It is another chapter from the book we wrote. And this is one that kind of comes up a lot in my day to day life. I'm not sure about Daniel's, but I have a lot of discussions with my dad about this one because (laughs) our joke is everybody's busy all the time and it just drives us nuts. So, that said, we're going to keep this nice and simple. I'm going to tell you the four letter words we talked about in the book and from there, if you want to go learn more about them and you know what we've thought about, at least in writing, go check out the book. They're there. Feel free to drop us a line. We can send you the chapter if you know you hate us that much that you don't want to buy the book. But then we're going to go our own direction kind of see where it goes. We'll probably touch on them a little bit, but we're not going to just go down the list like we've done on some of our other chapters. So first word on our list of four-letter words that we think are bad. These are kind of like curse words, but for the mind. Easy is the first one, a word you should not be using so prevalently. Safe is our second word that we decided was not a great word that should be in your day-to-day vocabulary. Busy is probably my favorite. That one really, really drives me nuts, and I kind of twitch whenever I try and say it. So sometimes I will say busy, but it really hurts me, and it sounds like I have a speech impediment whenever that slips into my vocab. We have very, which is purely a writer's thing. We've talked about that in the past. We've talked about it in the book, so that one's pretty easy to find. They see there's easy again. And then hard opposite of easy. It's another four letter word that we think a lot of people should be conscientious of when they're using it. And to round this out and start this podcast off, I'm going to drop you a quote from Patrick Rothfuss. It's in the book. It's one of my favorite quotes and it's words are pale shadows of forgotten names. As names have power, words have power. Words can light fires in the minds of men. Words can wring tears from the hardest hearts. Again, that's Patrick Rothfuss, the name of the wind. Words are important. So, Daniel, thanks for letting me monologue
0: for the intro today. How's it going? It's going well. We're in the midst of this Halloween season, so this is probably the first time that we actually are doing the whole trick-or-treater thing. It seems like I'm always, I don't know, gone or something like that, or in a place where children don't exist during Halloween. So, I got to see like probably 200 kids come through the neighborhood last night, all sorts of different costumes. It was, it was honestly a blast. So I'm having a great weekend. (laughs) What was your favorite costume that you saw? Oh, well, probably I would say there was a Master Chief costume and I'm a sucker for Halo, but I'm just way too excited about Halo coming out in December. Saw a 21 Pilots concert last weekend. They played one of the Halo soundtrack songs. And so it's. There were maybe better, more original costumes, but I'm just way too hyped for Halo right now. Heck yeah. I'm about it. I was a little disappointed in the kid, though, because I said, oh, you're the Master Chief. And he said, I'm Halo. Kid. Oh, no. Come on. <laughs> you got a Spartan <laughs> kick a kid for that. Oh, I see. Just bam, off the porch. <laughs> Come back
1: when you know who Master Chief is. Maybe it was just a really excited dad who was like, you know what? You're old enough for doing this. You're You're going to be the master chief. And he was like, I don't understand. He's like, you'll figure it out one day <laughs> and dressed him up and let him loose on the world. And the kid's like, I don't know what this is. My dad put me in this outfit. I am halo. Golly. You know, this is not what we're talking about today, but it is Halloween. And I read Lord of the Rings when I was in elementary school. And this goes back to the halo thing. So maybe the kid really did like halo is what I'm getting at. I read Lord of the Rings and it was, it was too much book for me in second grade when I was, what it was at 10 years old nine years old. I really enjoyed it, but I I struggled with a little bit of the comprehension. So that Halloween, I went as Gimli. And Gimli is a dwarf. I was actually going as Aragorn. For whatever reason, my comprehension escaped me. And I was only through the first book, I think. So there is that. I hadn't read the other two yet, but I'd read Fellowship, and I was reading too fast or whatever it was. And I thought I was Gimli when I was actually Aragorn. And, yeah, maybe the kid just, maybe he got a little confused. Maybe Halo is Master Chief and, you know, what's the difference? So I'll give him some some space on it, I guess. All right. Fair fair enough, kid. So, four-letter words. Do you have any that we didn't get into the book or any that we talked about in the book that you want to expand upon?
0: Well, I don't know if I have any specific words that I'll just throw into a category of saying never use these particular words, but I would say for me, the idea behind four letter words is more the heart behind why certain words are being used and sort of the intent behind words. And I I think that there are some words like busy that the majority of the time that intent, the heart behind it, kind of the what what's underlying the word is probably something that we want to avoid, which is why we can put that on a list. I would just say that it's kind of the heart behind words that I am more interested in. I, I guess that's something that I, I'd kind of like to dive into more and think about. So busy as an example. A lot of times when we say that we are busy. If somebody says, you know, how's your week going? You say, oh, it's busy. A lot of times I I feel like the reason why we use that word is maybe because we don't really want to talk about the week or maybe we're wanting to give an excuse for coming into that social interaction with low energy and, and kind of giving ourselves an excuse to maybe not fully engage in conversation. Maybe we're looking for some pity, whatever it is. I, I think a lot of times saying that I'm really busy, it's it's not really the best use of a word. And, and it kind of, it, it moves away from better conversations and, and better words. And so maybe you really did have a busy week. Maybe you've been working a crazy amount of hours. Maybe you've had all sorts of social obligations and and maybe it's truly been a busy week. I think it could be okay to use that word, but where I would say, all right, like maybe I challenge you a little bit is if it just stops there. So if I say, Hey Andrew, how'd your week? You say, Oh, it's busy, and then conversation dead. That's kind of a bummer. Like if you if you've really had a busy week, you probably have a ton of things to talk to me about. Like tell me about the craziness that maybe's going on at work or tell me about all the, you know, different social obligations, all those types of things. Well, let's dive into some of that. It's sort of some of the heart behind what words are that I I think is really important. No, absolutely. And that that is the point that I did not put in that
1: intro here is this is not necessarily the words themselves are bad. It's our use of the word. If you are, if you're using certain words to either make decisions based around or to use as an excuse or to get out of something or to short circuit a conversation, that's where it's problematic. And on the busy front, I would actually add one more feature to that. I think a lot of people, and please correct me if you feel differently, but I think a lot of people use busy as a way to feel like, or not even feel, to make other people think that they are more productive, more involved, more exciting, I guess you could say, than they actually are. I know a lot of people will say they're busy because as far as I can tell, they think that that makes them feel important. Like they, they think that other people perceive them as important if they are busy. And I don't know if that's accurate. It could just be this weird circle jerk where people are like, hey, he's always saying he's busy. I want to be like him, or I don't know how to come up with my own you know, conversational tactic. So I'm going to say I'm busy. And then it just, it trickles down. An example of this, and then we're going to get off this word because I want to talk about some other ones. Maybe but we'll see. But my dad actually was telling me about one of my younger cousin nieces and he's trying to plan a trip with them. and i think she's 14 13 or 14 and he's like hey pick pick this thing you want to do at universal and her response to him like a week later he's like what'd you decide and she's like oh sorry i've been busy and it's one of those things like well i don't know if that's accurate and a lot of people use this as an excuse like hey here's a simple task would you like to do it and instead of being like oh hey I totally forgot or I don't actually understand how to do it or I'm not really all the different ways to properly communicate. They go, oh, I've been busy and they're hoping that they'll figure it out on the back end or someone else will deal with it for them. What do you think about that? Because am I off base here?
0: I, I don't think so. I think that there would be some instances where that's not true, right? Like very few things are are universal, but I. Of course. I definitely <laughs> agree that there are scenarios where it's it's sort of kind of this mask, like I know right now at my my work, we are we are in our busy season. We call it our busy season. And so it's kind of almost expected that if you ask anybody how they're doing right now or how they're going, that they're gonna say that they're busy. And it's almost like a if you don't say that you're busy, what's wrong with you? It's our busy season. <laughs> like what's going on? And and so yeah, I I do think that there is a little bit of this expectation, especially if you're in an important role at work, like you have to be busy all the time. If you're not busy all the time, what's what's wrong with you? And that's where I I do my best within a work setting to to be pretty honest about how a week is going. So if, if I really do have a lot going on, I may say that I'm busy and I may talk about it. There are some weeks where I don't, and I think that that's okay. And I want to make sure that I'm accurately portraying that to my teams and my supervisor and whoever else, because maybe it's, I have not been very busy for a while and, you know, I need to work with my supervisor and and get some stuff going on, right? Like maybe I've got some capacity to help some other people, but also my team is gonna sort of take their cue from me. And if I'm busy all the time and I'm, I'm never not busy, that kind of says to the team, that it's not okay for them to ever not be busy. And and that can lead to some burnout and it it can make them feel guilty if they have a week where it's slow and they don't have a ton going on. And then like, that's not okay because we do have times where we're doing a ton of extra work and we're putting in all this extra effort. And conversely, like we need times that are not so busy so that we can recoup, we can catch up, we can get a break. And so I I need to set the tone and that and my word usage goes really big into that. And and again, like nobody's going to ever want to move up and sort of take my role. Like, right? Well, anytime I talk to Daniel, he's busy. I don't know if I want to be in a role like that. And that, that created some hesitation for me and in, in moving up at the company at times that I had to kind of push in and, and find out like, are you really busy all the time or not? <laughs> yeah. Is it really as hard as you're saying? Yeah. No, that makes sense. Sure. I, I think a lot of people, it's good. It's,
1: it's about being okay with that free time and it's being okay with letting someone know that you are actually involved with something. You don't have to just always be on, but like almost arbitrarily like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm I'm super, super busy. It's okay to be like, yeah, I've got like three projects going right now and we're trying to do this conversion and I'm bringing on, you know, new clients or it could be completely personal. Hey, yeah, my firstborn was just, came into the world last week and I don't know what sleep is. And this is really hard. And it's really having an effect on my ability to get anything else done because I am not at capacity to do even normal levels of work. So I feel really overwhelmed right now. Like that, that's, it opens up the communication a lot better.
0: So this morning, you know, Riley's actually sick. It's funny that you talked about firstborn. So we, We were at home and just kind of tuning into our our church online, and the conversation was all around the heart and sort of overflow of the heart. I think words are a perfect barometer on sort of what you have going on internally. And I think it's one of those things that if you pay attention to the language that you're using on a regular basis and, and even not just the word, but the tone of the words, that's a really important clue to what your priorities are how how you're you're feeling sort of internally and, and what's going on there that's where you know we we can dive into the sum. but i i think you know the quote unquote like true four letter words or, or like you know the curse words there's something that i think is it's it's kind of an interesting deal because i mean that's language it's commonly used across a whole lot of people it's something i personally don't use and, and i've kind of had to question some of, well, well, why why am I abstaining from what these words are? Do I have a reason for it? And I want to feel like I have a reason for it besides just being told, you know, don't use it. And for me, it kind of comes back around to it. if If I'm using uh, curse words, which I certainly have many times, oddly enough, we talked about Halo, I would say 90% of my <laughs> lewd language usage has been involved in Halo. It's, it's almost always coming from a place of just anger, frustration, and not having a healthy control on that, like that overflow. And so to me, if, th- if that type of language is coming out, it's a huge red flag of, wow, there is just uncontrolled anger. There's uncontrolled frustration, bitterness. That is what is coming up. And I need to, I need to take a time out, take a pause and like really evaluate kind of what's going on here because the words that are coming forth are speaking to some not good stuff happening internally.
1: That's interesting. And that, that kind of introspection or self-awareness is also really important. That's, that's why we made this cool little title, you know, it's, hey, four letter words, you automatically think curse words because of that same introspection if you're just cussing at people because you're angry that's obviously not healthy you know i fall on the side of using colorful language far more regularly than daniel but mine is almost never malicious i am almost never upset necessarily that said that same mindset where you are like being unkind or you, unto, to yourself or to others it follows the same Four letter word mindset we're talking about with these not so traditional curse words, or at least to me, because what we're talking about, you know, safe or hard or easy. These are words we use to shape our responses to our environment. And it might be a, well, this is the easier path, or that looks easy. So I would like to do that thing. That's kind of where the easy comes from is people are. Or why we don't like it is people are using it as a, this is easy, therefore I would like to pursue that instead of the opposite, which is hard. Oh, that looks too hard. That That's that's hard. I don't want to do something that's hard. And the same with safe. It's, well, this is the safe choice. This is the safe option. Whenever you're risk adverse like that, one, you don't have any good stories. And two, you don't really grow very well. You know what? We had that Ted Lasso talk last time and I have seen everybody quoting it because half of everybody went. And for Halloween, as a Ted Lasso, I think you were uh, Kent, right? We're Kent. Yep. So, I mean, Ted Lasso has been really popular. So, just this week, and I saw this really great quote that applies to that safe, easy, hard kind of thing. It said, "Hey, taking on a challenge is a lot like riding a horse. If you're comfortable while you're doing it, you're probably doing it wrong." That's such a great mindset. Like, I love it. That is why that show is so good. Shout out to that show. If you haven't watched it yet, please get over there and then give us a rink.
0: Yeah, Ted Lasso is great. And what I would say is. The again, the words hard, the words easy, kind of similar to busy. I feel like they are just <laughs> shortcut filler words to keep a more meaningful conversation at arm's distance. And so, there, there honestly may be scenarios where it makes sense. Like, you, you may not want to dive fully into all of the reasons why you declined to go work overseas on something. And like maybe you just don't want to get into that with an acquaintance that you really you're going to talk to you like five minutes and then you're going to kind of move on with your day. So maybe you just say yeah, like it ended up you know that was that was too hard or whatever it is. Again, m- maybe it's applicable in that scenario, but just keep in mind you're you're putting a more meaningful conversation at arm's length. And if you're doing that with your spouse, if you're doing that with your best friends, kind of your community that you really are trying to let into your life and, and have insight into your life. That's where I would challenge to say, that's, that's probably not okay. Like just saying something is hard, that doesn't really say anything. It's perfectly acceptable to turn down something that would be really, for lack of a better word, hard, but there, there should be some, some more thought process behind it. Like, okay, maybe I'm not going to go take this opportunity overseas because I need to honor the roots that I had built up in this place. And there's a lot going on and I'm not willing to sacrifice that for what could be a really good opportunity. And so that is the the idea behind my decision. It was a hard decision, but there was a lot of thought that sort of went into that. And those are the types of things, you know, when somebody asks, you know, hey, why didn't you do this? If it's somebody that you want to let into your life, go beyond saying that it's hard or you know whatever it is, I, I feel like that's kind of my challenge on some of these words from the chat. Well,
1: and, and challenge is exactly the word that I hope people would use. That's what I like to use instead of hard, because to me that's a trigger for the right kind of mindset. If you say going overseas was going to be too hard, you're right. You're closing down that conversation that could be happening, and I I would almost disagree with. Even an acquaintance being shut down at an arm's length conversation, because I don't think I I have trouble finding an example of a time where turning an acquaintance down on being able to open up with them was a good idea. Maybe you hate the person that that might be fair. But generally, I think if anybody is actually willing to be engaging with you, you should be willing to be vulnerable and open with them (laughs) unless you're just that pressed for time, which I don't think most people are. But that said, what we hope you do with this is you shift your mindset from, instead of saying hard, you say, hey, this is really challenging. And then you're not just the person that says, well, that's hard. You're the person that tries to take on challenges, hopefully. And it shifts your mind towards seeing something like that that's difficult as a good thing instead of a bad thing. And the same with you know something that's easy. You go, well, that's easy, but do I want easy or do I want challenging? And you go, all right, well, maybe I take the harder route here. Maybe I take that more challenging route and I'm going to make the decision to take that path. It's the uh, the Robert Frost poem about the path least followed. Like That is one of my favorite poems. I wish I could recite it to you. We'll throw it in the show notes, but that is one of those examples of this mindset where you say, hey, I'm not looking to do what everybody else is doing because a lot of people just fall into that groove and they don't really think about what they're doing or why they're doing it. They're going down that path of least resistance. They're going down the safe path, the easy path, the not too hard path. And this can apply to so many different things, including conversations with strangers or acquaintances. Choose to have that experience. Choose to take a little extra time and use your brain to have words come out that mean something to somebody else instead of just shutting down that conversation. At least that's my take on what you should be doing with your day.
0: Yeah, I agree where there's, where there's the time. It makes sense. I, <laughs> I'm all about vulnerability. We've, we've talked about Renee Brown a, a few different times. I also do feel like one, you, you're you not going to be able to practice that overnight if that's not an easy thing for you to do. So like just trying to extend a little yeah. bit of grace to those and say, Hey, like it is, it, if kind of going further into what's going on in your life is not natural for you. Maybe start mm-hmm. with your closest relationships and don't say like, you need to be talking about everything with everybody. Right. So I would say that I would also say that there are 100% things that you just, you don't choose to share with everybody because a lot of our most important life decisions, a lot of what we really choose to do comes with a whole lot of context, right? and that's something that people that are close to us have so if i tell just a, a random bystander that i've turned down a huge job for something else that is is significant to me personally for a lot of reasons th- they may like think i'm crazy or whatever and so they, they may not have the context to appreciate that conversation fully because it may take knowing me for five, 10, 15, 20 years. So that's that's the other thing that I, I think it's, it's just always worth keeping in mind. I don't have a great example of it right now, but that context is so, so important. And that's why I think it is important to still be mindful of what we say, who we say it to, you know, how we say it.
1: No, that's a fair point. There are plenty of things that without the right context just would have a negative effect on people. Also, did you see while we're on the topic of Brene Brown vulnerability and Ted Lasso that there was a convergence event of those
0: three things? No, but that yeah. sounds awesome.
1: So the actor who plays Kent—I forgot his name—and by I forgot, I think I only knew his name once. He was at ACL a couple of weeks ago, and he did a talk at like a live onstage talk with Brene Brown. I haven't gotten to watch it yet, but I can only assume it was amazing. But they talked about vulnerability on Ted Lasso and how his character evolved. And it it sounds like it was pretty cool. So just a heads up for those who think that you already know everything. If you haven't watched that, that might be fun. Okay, we're going to leave you guys with a little bit of a challenge. I don't necessarily want you to completely change the way you interact because this is difficult. It is a hard mindset, right? But be aware, try and be aware this week. After you listen to this episode, pay attention to the conversations you're having with those people around you and the words you're using. Are you throwing out that you're busy unnecessarily? Are you making decisions based on what is challenging or what is difficult? And are you avoiding that kind of growth opportunity? You don't necessarily have to do anything about it, but be aware. That's all I'm asking for this challenge is to be aware when you let your vocabulary shape how your day goes about and shapes how you interact with people around you. So thank you guys for joining us for today's episode. We love having y'all be here with us. Hopefully next time we'll have something interesting as well for you. And until then, we look forward to connecting with you.